Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful. Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. It's your host, Janine Amapola, and I'm so excited for today's episode. Happy Tuesday. Just a quick reminder, I do upload these episodes every single Tuesday, so we are back in season two. I took about a two-month break so I could take some time to kind of be like, okay, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to do with this podcast? And I'm really stoked for today's episode because I have an amazing, amazing guest for today's episode. Now, this is a topic that really picked up in 2020, and it's still an ongoing conversation and it should be an ongoing conversation. And so, so I'm really stoked for today's guest because her name is Dana Coke. She's a friend of mine. I met her back in October and she's a black woman. And the reason why I think she's just so great for this is that she's able to bring in her firsthand experience of what it's like to be a black woman, what she would like to see going forward in 2021. And also she just has this incredible platform, which she'll talk about where she talks about this all the time on her Instagram, and she is just really someone that's standing in the gap and that's on the forefront of this, and I I just admire her. She inspires me, and so I just really wanted to chat with her about this because I just think she is awesome and can bring a really, really great perspective, so I hope you guys enjoy today's topic. I hope it encourages you. It gives you something to think about, and it's just a really great conversation for you guys to listen to from someone that is doing an incredible job at this, so thank you guys for listening today. Again, if you're new here, my name is Janina Mapola, and I upload every single Tuesday. So let's just get right into today's episode. All right, you guys, we have a very, very special guest on here. I'm so excited to bring on my friend, Danny. Danny, welcome to Happy and Healthy. Thank you for having me. You are amazing. I'm so excited for us to talk. Oh, I'm so honored to have you on here. So just a little bit of a backstory. Um, Danny and I actually met in Minneapolis back in October. Um, we went to this event called, was it, it was Pulse, Pulse. right? Mm-hmm. Pulse. 
and we did a whole conversation, like an open table conversation about race and justice, and also coming from a Christian's perspective, which I thought was such an awesome conversation. And so we met there, and Danny literally is just a little light. Like, you are just a little light of joy. And I was like, she's just so sweet. And I just felt like we just clicked. At least I thought so. I was like, she's just so kind. (laughs) Um, And I just love what you do. Like, she has a whole Instagram that popped off in 2020. So I guess just introduce maybe yourself, your story, why you started it, and, like, how did your Instagram just take off like that? Yeah. Well, thank you for your kind words. What an intro. Um, (laughs) But, yes, 2020 is sounds about right. So in December of 2019, my mom and dad got me an iPad for Christmas and I do graphic design and social media marketing for a living. Well, at the time, that's what I was doing. And so when I got the iPad, I was like, oh, how exciting. Like I can have a digital illustration outlet and I can learn how to do this for fun. So I learned how to play with Procreate and use my Apple pencil. And I was super cute. I would like draw song lyrics and post them. (laughs) And, um, I love that. Yeah, I it was just a really innocent like hobby. And when Martin Luther King Jr. Day came in early 2020 in January, illustration and talk about something more meaningful like his legacy. And one thing that I mentioned was that I feel like sometimes his legacy has been diluted, and people may see him more of just as a peacemaker or someone who just followed all the rules. Well, in all actuality, he was a radical disruptor. He challenged the status quo. He went to jail like a billion, million times. Like this man was a disruptor. So I wanted to kind of make a piece of art that spoke to that. So I drew a very simple um, art piece and posted it. And then people who I didn't know were sharing it. And that was so shocking to me because I didn't even know people who didn't know me could find my page like that. Yeah. So I was super excited and thought, well, Black History Month is right around the corner. What if I just keep doing this and talk more about issues that matter to me as a Black woman and speak more to how we can all be more involved in anti-racism and kind of open the conversation for people who otherwise wouldn't engage out of fear of being wrong or fear of not knowing all the answers. And ever since then, I've been able to keep making art and people have been finding it. And we've been having really good conversations because of that. That's awesome. Yeah, your your Instagram is so great. And honestly, it, it you make it so clear and easy, but also you do it in such a beautiful way because like you do do art and you're really talented. Like if y'all haven't checked out our Instagram, go check it out. It's oh happy Danny. Um, you're so talented. Like your stuff is so pretty and it's like very clear and concise. And then I, I always go back and refer to it when I'm trying to have a discussion or when I'm trying to think about things or whatever it might be. I go back to your Instagram and I'm like, okay, I love the way that she makes it very like clear for you to see. And you also do it in such a graceful way. Um, Cause I do, and I, and I will say that I'm, I'm a little nervous for this conversation. Kind of what you were saying is that you're saying that some people are like, how do I have this? I don't know what to do. How do I start it? Um, I definitely think 2020 was a year that revealed a lot of people's hearts and thoughts. And it was a very divisive year, especially with everything that happened. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people were like trying to decide, how do I handle this? What do I do? What what do I believe? And how can I have these conversations? And so I really think that you were on the forefront of that, which is so cool to see. And like your Instagram grew, but not even that, like you really got to help people out in the midst of that, which I just think is so, so, so cool. So props to you for that. 
Um, but I'm excited to have this conversation with you a little bit because I really think you are someone that is very understanding in this conversation and you're very easy to talk to you about this. So again, thank you for that. Um, but I wanted just to ask you kind of what, what was 2020 like for you in terms of what happened with the racial injustice and what did you learn or what were you so just disheartened by? Yeah, that's a really good question. So 2020 for me, I, I like to say that it's the year that um, racial injustice took center stage. I, I never say that it's the year that racial injustice came on the scene because it's not a new issue. It's something that we've been dealing with for a long time, especially me as a black woman. Mm -hmm. But what I found in 2020 that I was super excited about was that people were starting to wake up to not only the severity of the issue that they otherwise might've looked the other way about, but they were also awakening to the role that they themselves had to play in the larger story of justice and what it means to be an ally or to stand in solidarity with someone or to actively seek justice on the behalf of another person. And so that was super cool to me to witness because even though it felt like blow after blow after blow when it comes to the Black Lives Matter conversation, there was also a lot of action to be seen from that. And even more importantly, a lot of internal reckonings taking place, which led to conversations that people were having in their families and with their loved ones. So that gave me a lot of hope to see. And I feel like we really made progress as a nation in that regard, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, I, I like that you said, you're like, it, it's not that it all of a sudden showed there was racial injustice. It just really brought it more to the surface where it's like, how can we deal with it? Because I do think there are people that, um, you know, their jobs are to deal with racial injustice and that they their passions are that. And there's racial injustice has been happening for decades and decades and decades, as we know. Mm -hmm. But I just think 2020 was so significant to finally kind of like get down to the roots and be like, these are the roots that we're planting. And which when you have roots, something's going to grow eventually. If you water it, it's going to grow. And so it kind of showed throughout the last couple decades or whatever that is, um, centuries, that this is what we've been growing. This is, these are the roots. So it's like, how can we dig up those roots? How can we address those roots? And so I definitely think 2020 was that for a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I think it's just really cool that, you know, it was a conversation and, and honestly, it made me, it made me check myself a lot too, because it's like, I'm, you know, how everyone's like, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. Like everyone wants to immediately be like, I'm not racist, you know, but it still makes you have to check yourself and then also check your language and your lingo of like, okay. Cause I mean, then people started saying, well, you know, you shouldn't even say the phrase I'm not racist. It's like there there's different ways to say mm -hmm. that, that are more comforting and helpful. And instead of just being like immediately trying to defend yourself, you know? And so even for me, I thought it was really great because there were things that I was like, I didn't even know. I thought that I didn't even know that was wrong to say. And so I'm really glad that mm -hmm. it even allowed me to check myself and I'm not perfect. I'm sure there's plenty of things I can still learn or grow from or whatever. But personally for me, I'm glad that it kind of helped me, but also not even just for me, because this isn't about me. I'm glad for America, for my black brothers and sisters, that they're there is change and that really awesome things have happened. And I really do think that we are digging up the roots a lot. So I'm really glad, happy to see that change. Yeah. And I love that you said that as well, because even the phrase, I'm not racist, a lot of people were clinging to that naturally because in a season where racial injustice is like ripping through the nation, 
communication, you don't ever want to be like, think that you're a perpetrator of that problem. But one thing that I really love, and I know we were just talking about Dr. King, one thing that he said that I really love in his letter to Birmingham jail, he was like, you know, it's not necessarily the KKK or the extremists that I'm overtly concerned about. Like, obviously that's problematic completely, but it's not even them that worry me the most. He said, I'm most concerned with the white moderate. And he's basically saying it, the people who aren't necessarily externally actively being racist, but the ones who are okay with being apathetic, who prefer what he called a negative piece, which is the absence of tension to a positive piece, which is the presence of justice. And he said, it's y'all that worry me the most, not that you're overtly racist or anything, but that you're okay with not, like you said, having those internal checks with yourself. Like, am I biased in this way? Am I prejudiced? Like, do I, Uh am I, do I use microaggressions? Like what, where am I falling short? Yeah. He said, those people who aren't even caring about that stuff, who are just okay with everything as it is. He said, those are the ones who worry me the most. And so I love that. It feels like, especially the white moderate um, as a whole, as a group really came forward and said, you know, yeah, I think it is time for us to take inventory. And then not everyone who needed to have these internal checks are white. Like, as you know, like it's across the board, there's, uh, especially for people with ethnicities that allow themselves to be white passing, meaning like you, I can look at you and assume you're white without knowing anything about you, meaning that you can still benefit in a way from systems that um, lean more towards helping white people versus helping black people. You know, that's just me rambling, but (laughs) I really, I say all that to say, it's super cool that that's something that we were able to witness because like you said, and you had even said, like, it's not about me. And Mm -hmm. in issues like this, it's always about the community that is feeling marginalized or is being systemically oppressed. But at the same time, it's still an internal journey for everyone and a journey that we should all definitely keep embracing. Right. And here's what I think is so, so cool is that I feel like for the first time, it's so celebrated to either be mixed or to be dark or to have a different skin tone. Cause I mean, I personally grew up not even liking my skin tone, even though like I'm half German, half Guatemalan, even Mm -hmm. though like I wasn't, you know, I'm like half white, half Latina, just being a little bit more tan. I remember I was kind of growing up feeling like, Oh my gosh, like people don't like me or I'm not white enough for this school. And so I kind of grew up Mm -hmm. not liking my skin color and now I feel like it's so cool. And I've, I've already embraced that a while ago, but now it's like people genuinely like celebrate the differences of skin colors and, you know, having interracial couples and everything of that sort. And I just love to see that we are moving towards that. And so that's just so awesome for me to see. And I'm sure for you too. Okay. The next thing I wanted just to ask you is, so from your perspective, what do you think are some of the next steps or things that can be done for more justice and racial equality? Yes. So that's a really cool question as well. I think now that we've done a lot of listening and learning and internal reflection from 2020, I think what I would love to see moving forward is acting on that knowledge, especially when opportunities present themselves, because they always will. Like I would say, even now, as we're having this conversation, we're experiencing as a nation, a huge spike in anti-Asian attacks, hate crimes, and racism, all of a sudden it's being 
brought center stage. But like I said before, it has been a problem, especially when COVID-19 first started. And so I think with this conversation, there's often this thought process of a binary. It's like, it's a white versus black conversation, which I think um, is always very important because as a black woman from the black community, we are often dealing with the symptoms of white supremacy, which is just the idea that white people have control over systems in the country and not necessarily being a white person is wrong by any means, but it's just the fact that there's a system in place that benefits white people in many instances. But I say all that to say, even right now with what's happening with Asian Americans, it's important to say, you know, it's not just this binary of white versus black. As you said, you're of mixed race and there's a lot of people from all sorts of different ethnic backgrounds who are experiencing marginalization, oppression and racism. And what we're seeing now with Asian Americans is the fact that they are starting to say, you know, no more. We need our allies to stand up and stand in the gap for us because we ourselves are experiencing trauma. And so what I think would be super cool to see moving forward is all of us taking these opportunities to continue to be allies in many different spaces and many different conversations where we witness people being attacked or oppressed or anything that we can stand up and say, hey, I know this is wrong. I've learned so much about racial injustice. I know what it means to stand in the gap for someone else. And I'm going to do that, whether it's spreading awareness, continuing to learn about different aspects of the conversation that I may not have visited before, learning and reading. Like there's so much that can always be done. This is why they say that anti-racism is a lifelong journey and not a destination. So that's what I'm excited to see more of. Wow. That's awesome. And I think that's so important that you're not even just standing up for, you know, the black community, because that's obviously probably where you feel like, okay, this is where I find my voice the most. But to even see the the Asian community, like I honestly, I didn't even know that was happening until I saw your Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, whoa. And of course that, that makes sense. You know, like with COVID, everyone was accusing China and accusing Asia and saying it was their fault. And you know, and making Asians feel bad and saying, you're the reason why yeah. we're the virus and all this stuff. And so mm-hmm. that's horrible. So yeah, thank you for doing that. And it inspires me to to want to stand up more as well. And again, what you, I think what you were saying, or I'm sure you already think this is, but it's not just on Instagram. It's not just yeah. in the public eye. It's the conversations you're having. It's when you're at the grocery store. It's when, you know, your friend makes a little comment and then you're like, okay, how about we don't say that? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's in the real life as well, like closed doors and open doors. So I think that's just integrity, you know? Absolutely. The next thing I wanted to ask you though, is as a Christian, because you are a Christian, how does it change your right. perspective on everything going on? Like, does it shape your decisions differently? And do you get lashback for bringing in faith into the conversation? Mm. So... One thing that I like to tell people when describing the intersection between faith and justice is that I feel equipped to these conversations on a continuous basis because of my faith. And I would say, I always say that Luke 10, 27 is my favorite verse of all time. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And when I first, I grew up in a denomination of Christianity that was largely legalistic, rooted in a lot of false doctrine and things that I came to learn were just completely untrue. And so it was around college when I was having to relearn my faith and relearn what it meant to be a disciple. And that's when I was like smacked with the love of Jesus so hard to where I was like, oh, this is 
there's grace and there's mercy. And like, you love me holistically. And when I experienced that, I felt like Luke 10, 27 really came to life in my heart where I was like, wow, it's through this love that I've been given that I'm fully equipped to love as Christ loves me. And so when that lit up my life, I was like, oh, I love everybody. Like, this is amazing. And with that love comes a responsibility to seek their best interests and fight for them. I had illustrated this quote. I came across this quote by C.S. Lewis that talked about what love really means. And I feel like it really matched up with the experience that I was having in my own heart with relation to Luke 10, 27. And the quote says, love is not an affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be attained. And so I took that phrase, that uh, ultimate good phrase, and I ran with it because I was like, oh, that's the embodiment of love. Me pursuing the ultimate good for someone else as far as it can be obtained. And it takes all the feeling and emotion out of it and instead makes it a commitment. And so it's that commitment that drove me to really embody this love. And so when I'm in faith spaces and this conversation comes up, it's like, it just pours out of me. It's just a natural outflow. And so I, that's what I'm hoping for believers because predominantly, it's not predominantly Christians who were finding me at first because my work wasn't explicitly faith-based. I mean, inherently it was, but illustration-wise it wasn't. And so when I started pressing into more faith-based ideals and illustrating those as well, I would have such a beautiful conversation with Christians who were like, you know what? Yeah, I don't have to overcomplicate this conversation of race. I don't have to make it what it's not. It's a call to love and pursue the ultimate good of someone else. And that might involve hard conversations, internal processing, learning, unlearning, pursuing the ultimate good. And that's just, just what it is. And so Mm. I've had good experiences with believers in this regard, for sure, as they awaken to all that is involved when it comes Mm. to pursuing justice. That's so good. And I'm pretty sure you made a whole, you you said you made a whole post about that, right? Because I'm pretty sure I saw Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, that was it was so good. And I I commented the the clapping emojis, I'm pretty sure. Um, Yeah, really awesome. And I mean, overall, like as a Christian, if if we truly understand who God is, God's love and the way God sees people and that we were all made in God's image, Mm -hmm. then you don't look down upon any race. I mean, it shouldn't even just be, you know, black to white, white to black, any race, if we're all created in God's image. And if we all are called to love our brothers and sisters as ourselves, then then that that's the call to action is, is love and it's not um and, and loving people is being having grace and truth in the conversation having like you're saying the hard the hard conversations listening to them and so i love that you again just very clearly listed like this is what you can do and and i love that um and i guess something that i wanted to ask you is as you have grown on Instagram, as you're having these conversations, as this has become, I would say, more of your predominant job, have you lost friends? Has your circle changed? Have people in your life made you feel weird about this at all? Like, how has your friend circle changed since this has kind of blown up? Yeah. So it's very interesting. I have always been talking about this kind of stuff uh, offline. And so the relationships that I already had in place, we were all on the same page. We had a mutual understanding about where we stood in areas like this. And it's not to say that I don't have friends who identify differently, maybe politically, or even when it comes to faith, 
But the bottom line is I don't tolerate relationships where people aren't okay with denouncing hate in all forms. Like, and so that's good. Thankfully, I haven't had to cut anyone out of my life because of a disagreement like this. But if there was ever a case where I was friends with people who were actively racist, actively practicing hatred and didn't want to do the work, I can't be in relationship with that person because of how important this is, especially as a disciple, how important this is to me walking out my faith. Uh, So yeah, thankfully, I haven't necessarily lost relationships, but I know that there are people who have and people who are recovering from completely destroyed friendships as a result of this last year. And so I would say to that person, if you stood for what's right and you stood for anti-racism, you stood for justice, that echoes the heart of God and you are right where you need to be. And I'm praying that God replaces those friendships with ones that practice and believe what you stand for, because Mm -hmm. that really does matter. That's so good. That's so, so, so good. And it is, it is very sad to see that 2020, like instead of that uniting for something good, it just caused more division and especially in social media. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but I'm pretty sure we all saw, but social media definitely got very, very ugly in 2020. And, and I think that's why it was, it was also so hard for people that that normally didn't engage in these conversations to say something about it because you would speak up and, you know, there would be one word that was wrong or you didn't say this or you did say that, or it was like anything you said was either this or that. And it was like, oh my gosh. And it was like this very debilitating feeling. I know at least that's how I felt where I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I can't say anything, but even though I want to, but if I say it, it's not the way that someone wants it to. So then I feel wrong. And so it's almost like you just feel paralyzed and you don't want to say anything at all which is not good, but it just like, that was, I feel like the problem with social media and with this conversation is that people were just pointing fingers and condemning versus being like, okay, that wasn't right, but here's lovingly maybe what you can say instead. And I've had people say that to me and I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Thank you for lovingly correcting me. Again, the grace and truth. But I like that way. I like the approach of people doing it like, hey, here's what you should say or you can say instead to be more loving and kind versus like, I can't believe you said that you were a racist. And I was like, Oh my God, that's not what I was trying to say. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, I just hope in 2021. And I, and I also want to know what your hopes are for 2021 with this and like what you would like to see. I know you kind of talked about this a little bit more, but just with social media, like I, I just hope a little bit that, that we can obviously have these conversations, but it's not as divisive as it was in 2020. Mm. You know, when it comes to how people react to the conversation, I always say like, my grace-based approach, as welcomed as it is, it's not necessarily the standard or the norm. And I know that people all have their different ways of engaging, especially when you're coming from a community that has been historically marginalized. It's very hard to want to have a grace-based conversation about it because it hurts so much and it's the emotions are so raw. And so while we can't always control how people engage with us, we can control how we're going to respond. And I think that's the most important part going forward. It's not that we're going to speak out about it less. We're just going to, as we learn and know better, we're going to do better. And when the opposition comes, because it always will, yep. we just know how we're going to respond and how and what we will and will not internalize so that it doesn't affect 
affect us in such a negative way. I think that's yeah. super important and something that I've learned and adapted to as well. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking about that. Mm, love that. Okay. Two more quick questions for you. So one is just kind of like a quicker thing, but is there anything that you see on Instagram right now that you're like, this just absolutely irks me and I want to say something, but I don't know how, but like, is there something that you've seen lately about this conversation or just in general that you're like, oh my gosh, that irks me. Or maybe it was even something in 2020 you saw. Mm. One thing that I think does irk me is the call, like people deciding that because of disagreements in the racial justice arena, like if, if a family member doesn't agree or understand with the importance of fighting for justice, that we're cutting them off completely, deleting them from our lives, erasing them, throwing them away. I find that to be so unproductive. I do understand the need for boundaries in order to protect your inner peace yeah. and to keep yourself healthy and happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's super important to not erase, give up, and just throw those people to the wayside because that's where the work is. Them cancel them yeah cancel culture (laughs) I think that's where the work is in slowly and steadily over time working to help them know better and eventually do better and a lot of that does come with believing in God who can change hearts but also believing in the power of knowledge and information and hoping that people will eventually get it and some may never get it but the trying is the work and we mm. can't delete people from our lives simply no. because they disagree. That's you not cannot right. just control or delete them by. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think that's like the godly thing to do either. I don't I don't think Jesus control or deleted anybody. He actually was like, no, let me sit with you. Let me sit with the sinner and and deal yeah. with it and 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 partake in the conversations. And so, yeah, I really, really like that because I do feel like that was something for sure that really, really happened is people decided either I'm with you or I'm against you. And it was like, wait, why does there have to be this like all or nothing mentality? So I'm, I really like that. Okay. Last thing I kind of want to just ask you is um, overall, just what is something kind of a final thing you want my listeners to know? Is there any way that you can think you can think of that how we can support and care for our black brothers and sisters more yeah so i say this all the time and i'm wearing it out by now i've been saying it for a year but i say perfection is not a prerequisite to participation it's something that i always say at the end of a podcast like this because i always want whoever's listening to know like you do not have to be perfect to participate in this conversation and while it may seem like the bulk of it has died down from last year I think that the action should not die down. Even if your social media has gotten quiet, think of ways in your own personal life that you can use your gifts and your skills and your talents to do something in support of a cause that you're passionate and care about. Like even you using this podcast that you absolutely love to amplify a Black voice and have this conversation is a perfect example of that, in my opinion. How I use art to draw attention to this is also an example of that. And I think no matter what people enjoy or love, they can find ways to either put user skills to raise money for a cause or to amplify a voice or to talk about something that they care about on an ongoing basis, whether it's racial justice, which is important and has its place, 
or any other cause that really matters to you for personal reasons or otherwise. I think that's a really beautiful way to live. I love that. And it doesn't, it helps it not stop for you. It's not just a thing to check off. It's just a way of life. You're always looking Mm. for ways to make a difference. And so that's what I would encourage people to do. I love that. That's such a great answer. Definitely a great thing to think about and a good like call to action as well. So thank you so much. Okay. Well, that was the conversation. Thank you for doing this with me. I thought this was really also just conducive and productive. And I really hope my listeners can benefit from this and learn something and just give them something to think about. Um, is there anything you want to promo? Like you, I know you have merch. Her merch is actually so freaking cute. I was planning on buying a shirt. I'm still planning on doing it. Um, but her merch is very, very cute. So definitely y'all go check that out. But is there anything else you want to promo or where can they find you? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm at Oh Happy Danny everywhere. If you want to follow me on social media and yeah, we're doing merch. We also sell prints of the art. And most recently, I dropped a class on Skillshare all about how you can create illustrations on social media or any art medium that you choose and make change in the world around you, which kind of ties nicely to what we just talked about, using what you have to make a difference. So that class just dropped and I'm super excited about it. But yeah, even if you just want to find me on social media, send me a message at Oh Happy Danny Everywhere. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Danny. You're just like I was saying, you're such a light and such a joy and you just have such a, a poise about you. And I just uh-huh. admire that. So I hope I see you soon somewhere in the world. I don't know yeah. where, but I, I heard you're moving you soon. soon. So maybe I it'll am. be sooner than you think. <laughs> I know I'm moving back to Dallas. So that's exciting. So if you're ever in Dallas, you know where to find me. <laughs> yeah, You're the best. Thank you so, so much. Oh, I love this. Well, thank you guys for listening. Check out her Instagram. It'll be in the description of this podcast. And remember to stay happy and healthy. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.